Hi there, Sprouts. This week, we are revisiting our episode on the music of Ukraine in honor of the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February 2022. We want to celebrate the music and traditions of the Ukrainian people. We here at Classical Sprouts and at Interlochen Public Radio support the people of Ukraine and their efforts to defend their land. Head to our website, classicalsprouts.org, to find out ways that you can support Ukraine. Thank you. We hope you enjoy this episode. What do overtone flutes, Eurovision, complex vocal harmonies, and beautiful floral embroidered fabrics all have in common? They're all related to the music and folk traditions of Ukraine. Today we want to focus on and honor the beautiful musical folk traditions of the Ukrainian people and even bring in some pretty revolutionary pop culture. Stick around for these things and more today on... Classical Sprouts! Welcome to Classical Sprouts, the awesome classical music podcast for kids. I'm your host, Kate Botello, and today we're talking about the musical traditions of Ukraine and the Ukrainian people. But first, let's start with a question. The Ukrainian flag is made up of two colored stripes, one blue and one yellow. What do these colors represent? What do the blue and yellow colors of the Ukrainian flag represent? Stick around for the end of the show, and we'll tell you the answer. We'll even give you a hint along the way. Ukrainian folk music traditions have been around for a very, very long time, and they feature some pretty neat vocal styles, instruments, and harmonies that make them really special. There are many different ethnic groups living around all of Ukraine because it's a pretty big place, and many of these areas have their own unique styles and traditions, but today we'll focus on just a few of those traditions. Let's start off with talking about singing. The vocal tradition in Ukraine has a really distinctive sound. how strong and present those voices are? Well, this type of singing is called what is translated from Ukrainian as white voice and sits lower in the chest than where singing voices normally come from. It's almost like controlled shouting that follows specific notes and pitches. around 200,000 Ukrainian folk songs. Now, clearly, they are really old, some dating back to 600 years ago, and have had many variations throughout time. We'll listen to a few of them in this next bit. These next recordings are all from a project called the Polyphony Project, which is aiming to explore, preserve, and present the living musical folklore of Ukrainian villages. It has an online archive of Ukrainian folk music, mostly focusing on the tradition of women singing. We'll have a link on our website at classicalsprouts.org for you to check out more of these amazing recordings of people from all around Ukraine. (laughs) 
This type of Ukrainian singing can be roughly categorized into three groups. Solo, solo with a call and response, and group singing, which uses something called polyphonic harmonies. Polyphony is when there is more than one melody happening at the same time over each other, and they create some really neat new harmonies together. Here, take a listen. These folk songs have a lot of different purposes and meanings, but some can be for dancing. Honor the army and soldiers. And for lullabies. This one is about two cats and the tricky situations they get into. Now you'll notice they repeat the word. Luli luli, and this is a common word and sound to have in lullabies. Luli luli, kotke dva, sire bili obedva, poste počku hodili, kačenjata onili, atasatas na jušičku, apirjačku podušičku. Here's another lullaby, which also uses lule lule. This one is performed by a women's singing group called Kitka, which is a singing ensemble based in the U.S. and sings a wide range of Eastern European folk music traditions. While vocals are super important to the music of Ukraine, so are instruments and instrumental music. Some traditional Ukrainian instruments include the kobsa, or a lute, which has six strings, just like a guitar. The basolia, which is a cello that only has three strings. or fun to say hurdy-gurdy, which is a stringed instrument that has a hand crank that functions kind of like a violin bow, making it so you can play really long, sustained notes underneath the main melody.
a bubin, which is a framed drum, and the telenka, which is a flute that you blow into the end of and that doesn't have any traditional looking finger holes other than at the other end of the flute. You have to change all of the pitches by slightly changing how much of the end your finger is covering and how fast your breath is going into it. I know that sounds complicated, but listen to this and take a good listen because we're going to come back to this one later. Traditional music ensembles are often groups of three musicians, and they often improvise, make stuff up, especially when performing dance music. All right, Sprouts, after the break, we'll listen to some more contemporary examples of Ukrainian music. So stick around. I'm Keith Brown, and I'm the host of Gameplay. Every week on the show, I celebrate the amazing world of video game music with everything from beloved classics to brand new soundtracks. You can stream episodes at our website, gameplayshow.org. I hope you'll join me for this adventure. Welcome back, Sprouts. At the beginning of the episode, we asked you this Quizlet question. What do the blue and yellow colors of the Ukrainian flag represent? You think you know? Well, if not, here is a hint. It has something to do with flowers. Hmm. Keep thinking. We'll tell you at the end of the episode. All right, Sprouts. Have you ever seen shows like American Idol, The Voice, America's Got Talent, or The X Factor? Well, get ready for this. Y'all ready for this? The Eurovision Song Contest, which is most commonly just referred to as Eurovision, is an international original song competition that started in 1956 and is the longest-running TV music competition. You might have heard of the 1974 winner, if you know Mamma Mia!, That's right, ABBA won in 1974, representing Sweden with their song Waterloo, which kicked off their fame. Now, some people like to watch big sports competitions, like the Super Bowl. But over here at Classical Sprouts, this is our Super Bowl. It's almost like the musical Olympics. We get pretty into it. Now here's a quick note about what makes a Eurovision entry the best. It should have some folk or culturally significant elements from its country and should feature at least a little bit of the language of origin for the country that the performers are from. Often the winners write and sing their songs in English, but 
the 2022 Eurovision competition and the winning country and their song are pretty special. Hailing from Ukraine, the Kalush Orchestra entered the competition with their song, Stefania. They had a totally Ukrainian folk art-inspired set, all traditional costumes, except for the lead singer, who rocks an iconic pink bucket hat, and the song was sung fully in Ukrainian. They used some traditional Ukrainian vocal harmonies and styles. Oleg raps in Ukrainian. And they even used the same luli luli lullaby theme that we heard earlier. even use some traditional folk instruments. Remember the talenka, the overtone flute we talked about earlier in the episode? Well, here it is, used in the winning song for the biggest, longest running musical competition in the world. and we have a video of their performance at classicalsprouts.org. Check it out. Now we're going to get a little serious for a moment. So you know the rapping we're talking about in the song Stefania? Well, the whole song was written about that rapper's mother. And it was written before Russia invaded Ukraine. But as the competition went on and the conflict developed, he made the song for all the mothers of Ukraine. The Kalush Orchestra needed special permission to leave Ukraine to participate in the competition because men weren't allowed to leave Ukraine at the time. Only a few days after they had won Eurovision, they auctioned off the trophy to raise money for the people of Ukraine and the lead rapper, Olepsyuk, enlisted in the Ukrainian army to fight in the war against Russia. The winner of Eurovision normally gets to be the host of the competition the next year. But due to Russia's continued invasion of the country, the contest cannot be held in Ukraine. Instead, the BBC will host Eurovision 2023 in Liverpool, England. When the grand final takes place, the public votes for who they want to be the winner of Eurovision. Normally, getting 200 points as a winner is a lot, but Ukraine got 631 points. That is the most points ever to be awarded to a winning group. Eurovision is all about unity, and you can't vote for your own country, which means the rest of Europe really came together in support of Ukraine the Kalush Orchestra, and their song, Stefania. At the beginning of today's episode, we asked you this Quizlet question. The Ukrainian flag is made up of two colored stripes, one blue and one yellow. 
What do these colors represent? We gave you the hint that it has something to do with flowers. You ready for the answer? Drum roll, please. The blue and yellow stripes on the flag are meant to make the flag look like a beautiful blue sky over an expansive field of sunflowers. Sunflowers are the national flower of Ukraine, and it has become an important symbol of resistance, unity, and hope for the country. Thanks for joining us today on Classical Sprouts. You can learn more about traditional Ukrainian folk music, look up more about the Polyphony Project, and watch performances from Eurovision on our website at classicalsprouts.org. This episode was produced by Emily Duncan Wilson with support from Amanda Sewell. Our digital content manager is Casey Brown. I'm Kate Botello, and as they say in Ukraine, Dopo Bacinya. See you soon. Bye.